Hi, I'm Sonia Jean Killebrew, and this is Black America in COVID, an oral history project. I started this podcast during Black History Month of 2022. I wanted to provide a platform for Black Americans to share their stories about living, working, and or going to school during the COVID-19 pandemic. I also wanted to provide a space for people to memorialize someone who is a Black American who sadly lost their life either to COVID-19 or during the COVID-19 pandemic. I was inspired by the work of Zora Neale Hurston, author, playwright, anthropologist, and she recorded her experiences of Black Americans in their own voices. My goal is to get my recordings into museums, such as the Smithsonian Museum of African American History and Culture. I'll share a little bit about me and my family. I'm a Black American. My dad was African American and Indigenous American. He told me that his family, they were slaves in Georgia during American slavery, and they migrated up north to Philadelphia. So my dad was born in Philadelphia. My dad met my mom in graduate school at the new school in the 1970s. They were both studying psychology and getting master's degrees in psychology. My mother is Jamaican-American. She went to college in Canada and moved to New York City, where she met my dad. My mom became a teacher after they got married, and she is now a retired New York City teacher. My grandmother was a teacher in Jamaica for 20 years and in New York City for 20 years. My great-grandmother was also a teacher in Jamaica up until she got married. My great-grandmother was the daughter of an Irish woman and a black man. She stopped working in the 1800s after she got married because it wasn't considered respectable for a woman to work after she got married back then. Ironically, my mother began working long after she got married in the late either 1980s or 1990s. So, without further ado, I'm excited to speak with my guest today. Isosa Agbahan, Brooklyn, New York. And Isosa, do you identify as Black or African American or how do you identify? Uh, I identify as Black. And what would you like to share about your ancestry? Um, sure. Uh, I was born in Nigeria. Both of my parents are Nigerian. Um, I came to this country when I was two and a half years old, approximately. Oh, I didn't know that. Thank you. Yeah. And now let's start with what was your experience living or and or working during the COVID-19 pandemic? Sure. Um, 
So with regards to living, um, I do say really, I don't know, I think there were a lot of like positive experiences uh, during that time period uh, for me and my family. Um, I think we had the opportunity to connect. We had the opportunity to connect as a family um you know doing things like just making lunch together um <clears throat> sitting in our backyard and having you know, bonfires and things like that uh, you know that stuff i think brought us together as a family um yeah and there were you know a bunch of other things that we were able to do during that time period that we typically wouldn't have been able to do, you know, like go on hikes um, you know, during the day or um, on, on weekends, um, you know, in, be in between work. So that stuff was, was great. Uh, but, you know, there were also sort of significant traumas that uh, existed, you know, perhaps not personally for us, right? We didn't have family members who have died from COVID, but, you know, we we live in, in Bed-Stuy uh, in Brooklyn, and, you know, during the height of, of COVID, you know, it was very real for some of our neighbors, and, um, you know, we live not too far from a hospital, um, you know, two blocks away from a hospital, so we could hear those sirens, and it was a very real, real presence for us um, at that time period. Um, and then, you know, with regards to work, um, you know, it, you know I, I'm a school district administrator and, um, you know, the beginning phases of that time, you know, we're really trying to scramble to figure out what do we do with our kids and, what do we do with our teachers? How do we make this a semi-productive um, experience for everyone? Um, and, you know, while I didn't have a day-to-day -day sort of role, right, in terms of like teaching, teaching young people, um, you know, I found my role, my niche to be connecting our school leaders, you know, on a weekly basis to, share what was working within their schools and what was not working um, so that we could uh, collectively, you know, try to figure out how to best serve our families. Oh, wow. So as the pandemic started, were you all aware of, like, were you thinking that you'd have to go remote or when did you all start talking about that? Sure. So we started talking about the potential of being remote um, at various levels, like, you know, a month perhaps uh, before we actually went remote. Um, and, you know, I think some folks, there were like varying levels of believing whether this pandemic was something that could actually happen, right? Um, and so, you know, we had within our small organization, we had some leaders who were really 
should like in, understood that this could become a reality, um, and you know those folks, you know, started you know <clears throat> making sure their computers were ready, making sure they'd ordered uh, you know text that could be sent home, um, and just started thinking about the potential. Um, and so those folks probably had you know a couple weeks to a month. Um, of a head start over their um, over their colleagues, um, but in short order, you know, we were all sort of in the same position. Uh, you know, once you know, mid March or end of March, whenever schools got closed in New York City, um, and yeah, we uh, all had to quickly so <clears throat> start thinking about what do we do uh, for our for our. Know, school kids and for our own biological kids um, who had to go to school as well. You know, I remember one of the cable companies is giving free Wi-Fi so that students yep. could go to school online. And I don't know yep. if we're, we're students given like tablets or Chromebooks. I, yep. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So our organization, we gave out whatever technology we had um, at our schools, um, but also had to order a significant amount of laptops, Chromebooks, tablets. Um, yeah, and whatever whatever families needed them, we gave them out and, um, you know, we purchased hotspots and gave those out to families too. Um, yeah, so to the extent that we could help families, uh, we could. Um, you know, we were also lucky that we had a, uh, a donor um, who you know, donated a significant amount of money, uh, I want to say a quarter million dollars um, for our organization to just distribute to our families however we felt. Um, I, yeah, and so many of our families received, you know, 250, $500,000 uh, grants. Um, you know, they just had to ask and we, we gave and um, it was a, you know, brilliant and thoughtful gesture by this donor um, and it was, you know, meaningful for families, you know, early in a pandemic, um, you know, our school population, you know, uh, you know, many of the families or some of the families, I should say, you know, work outside of the traditional economy, right? And so they weren't, they didn't necessarily have access to uh, some of the government funded programs that were available. Um, so they needed cash, right? When, when folks, when businesses shut down, they needed cash to survive. Um, and so this was a benefit for, for many of those families. Oh, thank you for talking about that. Cause someone mentioned to me that not everyone, I don't even think that. You know how these guys are feeling. Yes. Wow. I'm trying to think, um, 
uh, any other questions. I was surprised when I interviewed friends who had like first and second graders and they were on mm-hmm. online. And I was like, how did that even work? And they said a lot of yeah. them, had, their parents had to basically sit beside their child through the work yeah. day. And, yeah. Um, so my, my, son, my son was in pre-K when we first, in March 2020. And, um, you know, his school... His teacher would do like a recorded sort of like phonics lesson and a recorded math lesson. Um, And then they would do like sort of like live Zoom events, I think once a week or so. And it actually ended up working out all right. I didn't didn't mind it. Um, And then uh, the following year when he was in kindergarten, he came to his elementary school. He came to the school that I used to be principal of um, and this organization that I still work for. Um, and so, um, you know, by that, by that fall, we were doing more uh, live, live Zooms uh, with the kids. And, um, you know, we do shorter snippets at the elementary level. I can't remember the exact amount of time, but, you know, perhaps it was like 30, 45 minutes for math, 30, 45 minutes for reading. Um, and then, you know, the students would do the work, like their independent work on their own at home um, uh, and then send pictures to the school um, through this the platform Seesaw that I mentioned earlier. And it, it seemed to work well. Um, and, you know, I think when the kids finally got to be together in like late October of 2020, you know, the kids knew each other. They'd been seeing each other since late summer um, and it felt like a real class. Um, and which was really it, 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 an interesting way for the kids to start their kindergarten experience. Um, and he, he became, you know, really adept at um, maneuvering the tablet and the laptop, and it was, was kind of cool. Um, I think you know, one of the takeaways is that our kids. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. One of the takeaways you can get the stool. One of the takeaways is that, like the kids, with some level of training, they can be pretty good on that laptop and on that tablet. Um, it's not. It's not rocket science. Amazing. Okay. Are you? I mean, I think I got a couple minutes on you, and then we can always like pick up in the evening uh, if you like, if you're free. My my daughter's yeah. my daughter's yeah. She is gonna. She's gonna turn four in May. She's she's about to tell you her mother's age because her mother's oh, birthday yeah. is around the same time. <laughs> so you have two children? Yeah, so one girl, one boy. Um, my son just turned seven. He's a first grader. Um, yeah. Say what? 
Yes, in a couple of years, you will be a first grader. That's right. Um, yep, that's right. After seven is after six and seven, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, and so you know, both these guys, um, you know, all things considered, have you know done done well despite the pandemic. Um, both are. Um, that's from yesterday. Both have, you know, like they're hitting their benchmarks academically and socially. Um, um, you know, we're both fortunate to, you know, have, yeah, both have parents here and, you know, their grandparents who live upstairs and, it, you know, they were here during the pandemic and could offer a level, a real high level of thoughtful support for them um, and you know without that you know, I think our situation would have been different yeah they, it sound like they, they adjusted to it yeah I mean they, they, they had a, you know I think they had a good time I mean we you know it was it was you know like it started off the parts are like were really fun. Like at the beginning, you know, there's some backyard projects that I, you know, have been putting aside for like years, just sort of clearing out some, you know, debris. One moment, or so. okay, clearing out some debris from the backyard, and you know, go for a couple weeks and like, you know, like 40 or 50 like garbage bags worth of stuff, you know, cleared out the backyard and made it like a, a decent place. You know, the kids like created like you know obstacle courses back there and no no we can't do that. Um, no we can't. Um, and then it was just fun to like you know be out there in the evenings. We will trap. We will trap. Uh, be out there in the evenings, the bonfire, and it was cool, like uh, I mean, you, you, I mean, you know Brooklyn, you know New York City, and so, you know, there'd be like six or seven, you know, backyards, you know, you know, with lights up and folks, um, you know, with bonfires in their backyard, like all doing the same thing with their, you know, respective families, uh, and I think there was a real sort of bonding slash nesting time for for some folks, uh, and it was cool. It, it was cool to see. Right. And so that was the back, the backyard. But then in the front, in the front yard, right? You know, talking about like Taylor two cities, right? In the front, you know, we, you know, we live on a dead end block, and so, you know, when you know there's so little traffic, you know, folks just sort of set up, you know, like poker tables in the in the, in the, in the uh, at the end of the dead end. You know, which is fine, which is fine, but uh, it just, you know, I will. Um, but you know, as with any, as with many things, like it's fine within limits, um, and it eventually became like a problem because you know, folks, you know, were drinking too much, and they were. It just became too much of a party in one moment. Um, and, you know, the fireworks bonanzas that were prevalent in certain neighborhoods were 
like you know we had a you know professional fireworks show every every evening every like um and it was just just insane like that i can't think of any other word other than just insane um and this was a time where like if you called 911 or 311 they just they never responded they didn't care they were overwhelmed or they were asleep or i don't know what but um it was that was one of the you know low lights right other than like the sort of like public health piece right it was the realization that like our city just was not equipped to deal with any sort of uh, quality of life issues at that time i forgot about that thing yeah the fireworks it's amazing how so first we have like people clapping for healthcare workers and then there's a lot of sirens constantly and then right and then 2021 there was fireworks for some reason no this was this was still 2020 this was uh yeah this was spring of, of 2020 as we were still like you know folks were still like largely out of work um, and like summer was approaching, mm-hmm. you know, folks at this time, like, uh, you know, the federal government had started giving folks money and, um, there was, people had free time and, you know, you give people, some people too much free time, they make bad choices and it was, it was just really absurd. Like I, you know, and I, I grew up in Brooklyn. I'm used to seeing fireworks in the summertime, but I've never seen this level of fireworks in my life, right? Where people are bringing out uh, sort of like industrial sized boxes and just lighting them in the middle of the street and then coming back with like 10, 15 more industrial sized boxes and uh, lighting them in the middle of the street. I've never seen anything like that. That is, I, yeah, I wonder, like, where are they getting this from? Great question. Great, great question. And I mean, maybe somebody will figure this out one day. Um, but it was just a real, like, sort of, like, destabilizing thing in the city. And, and it's interesting. I would talk to, uh, you know, colleagues from, you know, outside New York City in like sort of smaller urban areas like Allentown, Pennsylvania, and they said they were seeing the same thing. It was, uh, I don't know if it was a function of like the companies that typically, yeah, the companies that typically uh, buy fireworks weren't buying them because there weren't those events that were happening. So, you know, these fireworks manufacturers have to sell stuff to somebody. Um, and it just sold it to the average Joe and average Jane. I don't know if that was it, but uh, yeah, it was wild. But summer 21, uh, you know, things were sort of back to normal. Oh, okay. Because then by the fall of 2021, your schools are back open? So we opened. So we went live in October of 2020, late October 2020. Um, we were back 
in person for families who wanted to come in person. We continue to provide a remote option for families who wanted to come as well. Um, and then around, let's say, like early December, we went back remote fully, right, as COVID started bubbling up. Uh, that second wave, one moment, please, one moment, please. And then, you know, stayed remote until like early February or late January. And then up to uh, I'm not putting it in the battery. And then, and then uh, stayed largely in person for folks who wanted in person through uh, spring of 2021. And then this year, fall of 2021, we were in person the whole time. Daddy. Because mm-hmm. not everybody wants cinnamon in their stuff. If you want it, you can put it in yours. Okay, I'll put it in there. Okay. Yeah, so, so, and that's, that's where we are now. Okay, on the next one, I think. Yeah, so that's where we are now. Uh, Once a large, we are, we're almost exclusively in person. And you know, we have a positive. The next one that I made, we have, you know, COVID cases, uh, you know, every now and again, but uh, it's nowhere near what it was, you know, even at the beginning of this week. Wow, that's good to hear. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, hope that we're at the end of the line of this. Uh, I think we've all said that several times now, so it's just like a wait and see sort of thing. Wow. Is there um? Anything else you want to share about the pandemic? Uh, I think, you know, I think it's a great time to read a lot. Um, and, um, you know, try to keep a brain engaged uh, mm-hmm. that way. Uh, I think there are hopefully Things that we keep right from the pandemic, right? this sort of urgency around meeting our kids' academic and social needs. Um, I'm making this one right now. That's it, that's it, that's it. Yeah, I mean, there are probably some other things that I'll think about, I'll think of after. After I would get on the call, and maybe I'll see you or something. But yeah, it's uh, it was definitely a before and after event, right? And we didn't really get into the sort of piece, right? But you know, I think that that doesn't happen without the pandemic, right? Or like this pause in this country where the folks can actually consider. Like how crazy it was that a man was like murdered on the street by a police officer. Like without just 
Yep, yep, yep. But it, it's wild, right? Like, it's 25 years. I mean, your, your reunion is this year, too, right? Yeah. Um, Are you going to I think so. I think so. Um, so, so, look, I got to run. You know, I'd yeah. love to continue the conversation, um, you, know, at, you know, whatever time. Uh, this was uh, certainly fun. And, uh, the project sounds really cool, and uh, I gotta wish you the best of luck. And, uh, yeah. Hope you can Thank you for your time. I know you're busy cooking your children's breakfast, and so thank you for your time. <laughs> All <laughs> right, so up. yeah, yeah. Have, Talk to you soon. Have a good Sunday. Bye. You too. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Isosa, who I met in Prep 9 when we were 13 years old. As we heard, he went to the Hotchkiss School and I went to the Taft School and I went on to Smith College. Isosa went on to Bucknell University and he got his master's in education from Teachers College at Columbia University, and I got a master's degree in education from Walden University on online through distance learning. Well, thank you. My name is Sonia Jean Killebrew, and this is my oral history project, Black America and COVID. Thank you.